Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Mark 8, but before we go there, let's go to God. Lord, I thank you for this day. I lift up this reading, I lift up this message from you, and I pray that it would be your words. I'm grateful for all you've done. I'm grateful for your word here in the Bible. I know it's your voice that we hear as we read. I know it's your message. And I just pray, Father, for the Holy Spirit to guide us. I pray that we'd be prepared to hear with our hearts, our spirits. May we take from here the understanding that you want us to take. And nothing from me, but all from you. May this be your voice that we hear. I thank you for teaching us, for being with us, and most of all, for loving us in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So, just as a being transparent, this is about the fifth time I've recorded this. And I haven't liked what I've said before or how it's gone because my heart was wrong. So anyways, let's... Let's give this one a try. Let's see what God has to say. Verse 1. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. After he sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Damanalutha. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. So as I was reading this, it kept coming into my mind or my heart a number of topics, a number of things. One is, I so often can relate to the disciples. Jesus fed 5,000 people. He's performing miracles all over the place, and yet when he says to feed these people they're all all like hey we don't have enough bread that's how i am so often jesus says do this or have faith or don't be afraid and i'm like not remembering just a moment ago how he was there so often that's the case with me anyways i can totally relate there i also was wondering about not only you know so he's praying and blessing the fish the actual food I think it comes down and I was just getting convicted about tithing and how the tithe really is the asking for the blessing 
it's obedience. It's giving honor to God for providing and recognizing that it's his and I'm fortunate. But if I truly do respect it the way that I should, he'll make, he'll make it grow just like he did the fish and the, and the loaves. Verse 14, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. So often, again, I feel like that, where I'm misinterpreting what I'm reading, unless I'm truly listening to his words, unless I'm asking for his spirit to guide me. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not understand or see? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Jesus heals a blind man in Bethesda. They came to Bethesda and some people brought him, brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the day he on the day I'm sorry. On the way he asked them, "Who do people say I am?" They replied, "Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets." But what about you? he asked. "Who do you say I am?" Peter answered, "You are the Messiah." Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Verse 31. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed after three days, rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. (laughs) Again, that just amazes me. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the the concerns of God but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So, I don't think I'd want to be ashamed. I don't want to be having him ashamed of me. 
And I think the cross, picking up the cross, is something that was discussed the other day. Also, it's about picking up my cross, not Jesus's, because I can't, I can't ever, I can't carry that cross. I can only carry mine. And so, A.W. Tozer covers Mark eight thirty four, where it says, "Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said." Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Tozer writes, Breaking this truth into fragments for our better understanding, it would seem that there is within within each of us an enemy which we tolerate at our peril. Jesus called it life and self, or as we would say, the self-life. Its chief characteristic is its possessiveness. The words gain and profit suggest this. To allow this enemy to live is, in the end, to lose everything. To repudiate it and give it up all for Christ's sake is to lose nothing at last, but to preserve everything unto eternal life. And possibly, also a hint is given here as to the only effective way to destroy this foe. It is by the cross. Let him take up his cross and follow me, he writes. So the only way for us to to die to ourselves and and live for Christ is through the cross, is to pick up our cross. The way to deeper knowledge of, of God is through the lonely valley of, of soul poverty and ab, abnegation of all things. The blessed ones who possess the kingdom are they who have repudiated every external thing and have rooted from their hearts all sense of possessing. These are the poor in spirit. They have reached an inward state paralleling the outward circumstances of the common beggar in the streets of Jerusalem. That is what the word poor, as Christ used it, actually means. The blessed poor are no longer slaves to the tyranny of things. They have broken the yoke of the oppressor, and this they have done, not by fighting, but by surrendering. Though free from all sense of possessing, they yet possess all things. Theirs is the kingdom of God. So, because they don't have a desire for things they are actually free and they own those they own everything because they're free of them he also writes in his book the attributes of god part two he writes i point you to the transcendent one and then i point you to the cross but you will never know the meaning nor the value of the cross until god the holy spirit has done something within you to break you down and destroy your pride humble your stubbornness change your mind about your own goodness, blast away your defenses and take away your weapons. He will do what the Quakers call meek you. He will cause you to come down to become meek. Isn't that a lot of times the case where people hit rock bottom before they actually change? He goes on, what about you? You may be saved or half saved or badly and poorly saved. Perhaps you knew God wanted you Perhaps you knew God wanted wanted you, but you wandered away. You compromised with your business or your school, and now God seems so far away from you. And he is far away, in one sense, but in another he is as near as your heartbeat. For the cross has bridged the gulf. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all sin. He who is God, the transcendent one, says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So with that, let's go to God. Lord, I 
thank you for your reading and for your words. And I thank you for the insights of some of your greatest preachers. And I just pray, Lord, for your understanding to be, to fill us. And may we gain your wisdom and your understanding and insights. I lift up this day to you and pray that you'd be honored and glorified in it. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.